For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toonami app now from the App Store and Google Play. Radio episode 145. It's your host, Greg Troxel. We are back from our hiatus, our two-week-ish hiatus. Um, the players are back, so we are back, since we are an integral part to Newcastle United. Uh, so this this episode, we're just going to start talking about the news, that there's nothing significant that has happened in a good way for Newcastle yet. So we didn't have any emergency podcasts to bring you, but we'll talk about kind of what has happened up to this point. Um, news and things, but more importantly, we have to introduce the best damn co-host in the land, because he is with us, and he is in, in your ears pretty soon. Uh, I, I bring you Elijah Newsom. Mm, yes, and we back. I'm excited. I'm excited to be back at the grind, back to it. Um, I've missed talking into this microphone and, and you know, blessing the, the millions of listeners uh, with my, my sweet and marvelous voice. If you want to see my sweet and marvelous tweets, give me a follow at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, obviously, that that seamless plug there, Greg, you like that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and big news. Big news. One, follow Greg on whatever his Twitter is. That's not really important um, because he didn't plug his Twitter again. Uh, so just going to put that out there. So just follow him. You have to figure out um, Greg's Twitter on your own. Um, but what's important is right now, if you aren't already following our podcast account, we did a little rebrand last week, which it's just like sign of super exciting stuff um, going on at the old CHN podcast network. And so our new Twitter handle is actually at CHN underscore podcast. So follow us there. Um, podcasts like plural. But yeah, I feel like that, that covers it in the main account at coming up in NFC. And of course, check out the site for all the coolest articles. Greg, did I miss anything? Uh, uh, d- well, I can cover this. I uh, wanted to thank the people that took the time to uh, fill out the survey that we posted on our Twitter account. Uh, got some good responses there, and we'll definitely be uh, – we'll, we'll digest all of those, and then hopefully oh. we'll make this show better and better every time oh. we do that. But there's still time to, to send more in if you need to, and Elijah has say. something urgent to say. Oh, that was it. I was like, hey, if you haven't already, go ahead and oh, fill yeah. that, that joker out. Fill that yeah. sucker out. Yeah, we are reading it, obviously, or we wouldn't have even done the effort to post it. So, yeah, yeah. really, really appreciate any of your thoughts on it. And, and the ones we've gotten has been great. It's cool to see people's um, insight. Like, and I, I know some, like a couple of them were like apologetic, like, hey, I really like you guys, but like, it's okay. Like, say like what you'd like to hear. Because, you know, if, that's a, if that ends up being a majority, right, then we obviously change it. And yeah. Um, and obviously, if it's just one person's opinion, it's something that we keep in mind as we 
as we move forward. So we really appreciate all the submissions we've gotten there. So thank you for that. Uh, but let's let's get into it with the most, I guess the the pressing news is obviously the Premier League or no, sorry, the buyers for the the PIF and that whole consortium backed out, uh, and it was a huge deal. Uh, and in the meantime, we had we have now over 110,000 signatures for the petition for the Premier League to respond, and they did respond. Um, so let, we'll talk about that first, uh, just all what's going on there. So more than 50 MPs have responded to letters sent by their own constituents regarding this takeover. Um, one of those was Chi Anwura, uh, and, and Chi did receive a response from Premier League CEO Richard Masters. Um, it, it definitely, and just my quick synopsis, and I'd love to hear Elijah's take is, but it, it, it puts the ball back into the consortium's uh, court. Uh, they were apparently given opportunity to provide additional information to support their bid or go to arbitration, and the consortium opted to not do so. So uh, to me, they preferred to withdraw from the process. But to me, if, if you choose to not, to pull out the process rather than go to arbor, arbitration, like the Premier League said, uh, like, hey, if you don't agree with our decision, then like we can do this independently and we'll get an arbitrator to decide on this. Um, and by the consortium backing out, that essentially means that like you can't prove that. Um, I don't know. It's not, I didn't think it was a good sign. But Elijah, what's your take? Um, yeah, I, I wrote about this in, a, uh, in the most non-biased way I could possible and even had a couple of CHN radio listeners DM me and say, hey, thank you for this, blah, blah, blah. Not to toot my own horn, but uh, really proud of that one because it's legal jargon. Yeah, yeah, I did. But anyway, um, I think like what you said, that's my initial thought. What the consortium is going with, I just to, to let everyone know, they did respond um, through, of course, uh, The Athletic. Um, who actually before it was interesting. I saw a lot of people. Um, I guess they're really not Newcastle fans who this. I guess the Athletic pushed um, the initial um, backing out story. Uh, they pushed it on uh, to everyone. I guess as a push notification because there was a lot of non Newcastle fans commenting on that. That was like you guys are a mouthpiece for the Saudis. Now it's just like I don't know if George Calkin considers himself a mouthpiece for the Saudis, but um, they did respond to the letter um, through George Calkin, of course, uh, and they essentially are claiming that. They didn't want to go to arbitration because um, the Premier League, because they would only want to go to arbitration over a final decision, which would be um, like whether or not you can own a uh, own Newcastle United. That was the only way they would go to arbitration because, um, as we've kind of talked about arbitration on this podcast before, but it is a it's a it's like a minimum six month process, and that's if you like are pushing it through quickly and neither side really wants to present a case. Like, this would probably be a case where you can get it done rather quickly. And, of course, um, wanting to buy the club before the season, they did not want to put, push that through arbitration. And the matter at hand was essentially over um, who would be the owner, uh, who would be named owners and directors of Newcastle United. Specifically, this uh, Sky article has, um, like, kind of a, a – has clarified a little bit. They say that it's understood the Premier League was less concerned by the – by the day-to-day running and sought clarification over the ultimate controls of the club, decision makers that set the budget and the appointment of senior officials, including directors. So Premier League in their eyes um, saw the Saudi Arabian government as like an owner of the team um, and named them as it's like the Saudi Arabian government um, 
Amanda Stavely, PCP or whatever, and the Rubin brothers. And the consortium disagreed with that fact. Um, and that's kind of why everything kind of fell apart. And you can understand why they would disagree with that because um, Amanda Stavely says this, no country has ever been approved as a director uh, for a club. And on the other side, it's, and I understand people are like, blah, 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 Amanda Stavely, I've got assertions of, from the highest level that they went to the, the Royal Saudi court um, and say so that says that they are in fact two separate entities. Here's the thing: an assertion is not a legally binding thing that says that these two entities are separate. That's the first thing, and I think people are are confusing assert. They're thinking that just because the Saudi court says that these two entities are separate, the Saudi PIF and um, the Saudi Arabian government, that does not mean that they actually are separate. And I think that's important to note and recognize, and why, like Greg said, ultimately, like. I would imagine is another reason why they just didn't want to go to arbitration because that's extremely hard to prove when in fact the entire board of directors for the PIF are all Saudi government officials. Like MBS is the chair of the PIF. So it's really hard to say like those two entities are truly separate when they are in fact not separate at all. The PIF is an investing wing of the Saudi government. So by and large, the Saudi government would own Newcastle United, whether fans want to admit that or not. And that's the crux of the issue. And it seems like either one side is going to have to budge on that notion for this to even move forward. They haven't even gotten to the actual test yet. They literally were just for months arguing over who's an owner of the team. And so that's where we are now. Um, and it seems like uh, Mike Ashley uh, could be one to take legal action. Um, but for now, it seems like, like Greg said, the ball's in the, the, the consortium's court. They can go a, a couple of routes um, and we'll see what they end up doing. It seems like they're still committed to the deal. That kind of segues into our next point. Um, as this deal failed, two more deals emerged. Greg, uh, there is just one more thing I want to say on that. Oh, um, man, that was a good transition. So, well, the, because of the uh, the response from from Richard Masters, we had someone come out of the woodworks, and that would be Warflex. Uh, Warflex mm. held a protest outside the stadium. Uh, some great banners, by the way. It was on uh, last Friday, and it was they had a picture of Richard Master, Richard, wow, Richard Masters with uh, contempt written in pretty big red letters underneath it, and then uh, a really great banner uh, about the Premier League. It said the most competitive league in the world, and it, there's a lot of money thrown at the table, and they have trophies, and the top six clubs are there, and there's some quotes about like why would we want to let Newcastle in when we have it pretty nicely ourselves uh oh, so wait. i have one more thing kind okay. of in closing just real quick i think it's it's possible and i think this is important for people who are like i guess that honestly a lot of newcastle fans i think you can be both correct in believing that there is some sort of a little bit of like i don't know if corruption but i mean there's no you can't richard masters isn't he's not a non-biased figure like he's acting in the best interest of the Premier League and its clubs. And if that is to side with being sports over a piracy issue, then so be it. So I think you can, you can go that route, but you, can, you also cannot deny the fact that like the consortium isn't completely like not at fault here, which I think a lot of fans seem to think that like the consortium is this do good organization. They're also playing politics in this as well. And I think it's important to recognize both parties are playing politics here. And I mean, one side has to give, and honestly, 
there's a higher chance that the consortium is going to have to give in or, or completely move on than the Premier League because the Premier League loses nothing by not by not granting uh, this group ownership um, at all. I mean, they don't care if Newcastle gets relegated. No, they don't at all because they know next year there's going to be 20 clubs in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. No matter if we get relegated or not. Uh, okay, so let's move on to some what's happened since as far as uh, ownership. So we have new bits, and it's not fun to deal with. Uh, the first one is like uh, – it's really, really odd. It's uh, it's a Singaporean trio. It's Evangeline Shen, Nelson Lowe, and Terrence Lowe. And they're called the Bellagraph Nova Group. Mm. Um, they've had some pretty wild claims. Uh, they said that they've already talked with Mike Ashley. They have a 280 million pound bid that's through um, in a pretty poorly constructed statement uh, and some weirdly photoshopped images <laughs> uh, did not help with his credibility. But they also said uh, that Alan Shearer would be the, the manager. <laughs> um, and Michael Chopra, the spokesperson, yeah. like yeah. I would be the figurehead. Uh, yeah, that would that that when. Oh, and also they made released out a statement that they were they were in contact with Cristiano Ronaldo. So like, yeah, this probably not going to happen, guys. Yeah, uh, that, if you're hopeful, I'm really sorry. And I'll say this: the and I think Mark Douglas wrote about this about just like the, I think this is the thirteenth takeover attempt in the past ten years, um, and it's just like. By number 13, Newcastle fans can kind of smell who's, who's real and fake. I think Ben Zayed group kind of put everyone on. Um, people were already skeptical of this, this new group. Um, as soon as they – like literally the moment they announced that, that, that it came out that they were interested in party, like people were already like searching, Googling, and being like this group literally like, like for example, um, they said they had an airline fleet and the image they used to display their airline fleet fleet was a Getty images thing and people immediately uh, saw that they photoshopped Barack Obama into a picture of three of them like they people immediately called BS on this on this bid and I don't know I mean I think this is probably the, the first and last time we'll talk about this group um, seems like they are doing it for publicity to kind of push their own co- their own company which is a massive investment firm that has holdings and all types of of, uh, of, of uh, avenues so I mean good on them Somewhere in the Ben Zayed group, uh, I feel like there's nothing really else to say there. Yeah. Uh, is there anything? Oh, yeah. You just said there's nothing else to say. I was about to say, is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> so, no. No. Uh, okay. Well, let's take a break then. Would you like to? Uh, sure. I'm fine with that. Or do you, want to t- do you want to talk about Henry Maurice? I mean, I guess we can kind of touch on him. Uh, because we, yeah, we've talked we'll about that, then we'll take a, take a break. Uh, because I mean, as you all know, we've we've been discussing our boy Henry Maurice because he's American for the past three or four episodes. Actually, um, that kind of looks like that one is 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 dying per se. Um, I think he was not able to like he hasn't actually officially tabled a bid or something like that. Like he essentially really hasn't done much. He, ha- he hasn't done any proof of funds. Um, or anything like that. At least with the Bellanova group, they've at least they've claimed that they've submitted funds to access the data room. Uh, Maurice, I don't think has even done that. Um, so I think that one's kind of just faltered out over the past week, especially with the the Bellanova group. Or I think that's how you say it. Um, them coming to fruition. Uh, is there anything else you have to add on Maurice? I feel like 
that's pretty much it. No, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, so we are going to take a break, and we're going to do some fun stuff on the other side. Um, and we're going to do that right now. See ya. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, we're back. We're bringing back a segment too. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah, let's go with that BS meter. Yes, um, it's actually, this is probably the, the, the time BS meter has made sense since yes. like March. I mean, I feel like we've been in this takeover limbo. We've been linked to all these players and all these people, and it just has not made sense at all until now. Um, so, um, well, we'll start off with, uh, some, I mean, I guess this is, this actually isn't really in any order, uh, but there's quite a few names, um, worth noting Steve Bruce has, has publicly said, so just take this into consideration in terms of, uh, transfer rumors you hear over the next few weeks. Um, instead of what Rafa did, which Rafa would try to find, uh, basically high performing players at lower leagues that were kind of performing at national level. Um, look at Emil Kraft, look at Fabian Cher. Leagues lower than the Prem, but still performing at and there, but they're still like, you know, making starts for the national team. Solid players. Um, he would go that and try to get those players for cheap. Steve Bruce is going um, a different route, and he is deciding he wants to build Newcastle around young English talent, uh, which is which is which is interesting. Um, because Greg, I'm sure as you know, young English talent is the most overpriced commodity in all of the Premier League. Uh, uh, players get an extra 20 to 30% um, of their value added on to them if you're a Premier League team trying to buy another young Premier League prospect. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but first up, uh, he's we've been linked to Tom Davies for a fee of about 13 million pounds, um, Everton midfielder. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard of him at this point. Uh, it started off pretty strong, quite young. Um, started off pretty strong at Everton, um, kind of, immediately made his way into the first team. But last season had a, a rougher season, um, and that's kind of why he's been for sale. It looks like Everton's trying to refresh their midfield as a whole. Um, thoughts on Tom Davies? Uh, well, we have to talk about Mark Douglas's tweet about his fashion. Oh, yes, 100%. Uh, simply because of that, uh, I'm 100% in mm-hmm. on Tom Davies from this point forward. He is – I mean – like he's an innovator, clearly. Yeah, obviously. Um, and and obviously he's like very tall, and uh, <laughs> uh, so like the BS meter, it, it, there has to be zero BS to this because uh, we we need a fashion icon at this club, and Tom mm. Davies fills that void for us. Yeah. Uh, in, in all realness, uh, I think the BS is high with this one, young young Elijah, because Tom Davies is not going to come to Newcastle United. Not, not, yeah. Like a player like him, uh, he's been linked to a lot of big clubs in the past and his name has been out there and he's in a, a top eighter right now. Like if, if there's a Southampton or if there's a, I don't know, really any other club that's better than Newcastle, uh, he's not going to sign with Newcastle who right now are the favorites to get relegated. He's going to sign with a club a little bit, I think a little bit more, uh, safe, safe. Yeah. Yeah. To save his reputation. Yeah. Um, which that'll be an issue that Newcastle runs into. 
Um, I think looking at this list, um, they're, they're linked to a lot of guys who are in their price range that would make sense of signings or areas of need, but it's really about what do they see uh, what, what's the advantage for them if they sign for Newcastle, which it, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, I mean, I guess you can, you can say we were safe last season, um, but I mean, I don't know how much players look at advanced uh, statistics, but if they were, then they'd, uh, they'd probably think twice. Um, there's another one. We've been linked to Chris Wood, um, who is somewhat available from Burnley. Um, uh, of course, solid striker. He's done his damage against us. Um, similar kind of, background uh would kind of fit right in at Newcastle because Burnley is a team that does sit back and defend uh chances are few and far between but um unlike Joel Linton or unlike honestly any of our other strikers um I'm going to include Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll in this um he would be a player that he he genuinely finishes the few chances he gets um is is what I'm trying to say so uh Chris Wood I think you have to go for this player you do. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cause like, I like you can't rely on Muto or Andy Carroll. Obviously you're not really going to lie on Jolinton either. Uh, I think Newcastle has to go for somebody like this, who at least, you know, will score six damn goals. Like Dwight Gale yeah. is going to get a shot. I think uh, Jolinton's going to get a shot simply because of how much he cost. Uh, but you need to have, you need to have somebody else there in case both of them go cold. Uh, like I think you have to go for Chris Wood. Like he's like a type of player that I think is like he's he's going to be a cheap option for a striker or for a goal scorer. Uh, so you just got to go for it. And and I want to add to that. Importantly, uh, there's a couple things there. A cheap option that's going to be healthy um, is the big thing. Is that Andy Carroll's an option, but the issue is is he going to be healthy? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, which that, is why I say like you can't really rely on him. Exactly. Yeah. So um, and yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Chris Wood. He's a guy who you know, and that's what I'm leaning towards is like, go after guys who at this point age should not matter uh, because, and, and it's really kind of what we said last season with Salman Rondon. Why not pay uh, Salman Rondon? Like, I mean, you, you're like, age should not be a factor in this. Like you should just get guys who are proven uh, goal scorers at this point, because like, it's going to take time for Joel Linton to find uh, hit comfortability in the Premier League, and it may never happen. And you don't want to hedge your bets on Joel Linton uh, having a breakout season with 20 goals a season, or Dwight Gale pulling out a 10 goal season miracle um, out of nowhere, which he's not really ever done before in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Get get a guy like that. And speaking of guys like that, Callum Wilson, another guy. And these interesting. We are trying to rebuild, but these are both older strikers. But Callum Wilson, another guy. It's been there, done that. Um, of the Bournemouth strikers, Callum Wilson and Josh King are both making a lot of noise. Josh King, they, they, you think Josh King is young, but he's really just a year younger than Callum Wilson. Josh King is, I guess, really kind of out of Newcastle's price range. Um, but there's been some discussions over Callum Wilson. Wilson, Not really sure how accurate those are going to be, um, like how up-to-date those are, because I think the last we heard, they've been doing, they've been looking at potential swap deals, things like that. Um, sending players down the board that could help them in the championship, i.e. like a Matt Ritchie or something like that. But again, um, kind of last I heard about that was kind of last week. But Callum Wilson still, I guess, a, a target of Newcastle. Uh, thoughts on him? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think that Callum Wilson or Josh King will come to any club 
that they think will get relegated. This is similar to the Tom Davies argument. Um, there, I've, I saw some of the players on your list. There, this might be a, a reoccurring theme for me right now uh, with a couple of other players. I don't think they leave a relegated side to go to a side that's going to be battling relegation. They might not have a choice, um, but why are you looking at me like that? Oh, because like I'm just looking at a lot of a lot of the other guys. I mean, there's like two uh, other guys. Oh, uh, I, I was like, wait, do you disagree? Because this would be a good debate. But oh uh, no, like, no, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like a lot of these other guys, I don't know if they're in that situation though. Oh, uh, like if looking at the types of deals Newcastle's looking at, per se. Yeah. Like I think that's important. So, is that a loan deal is different? Like I'm sure totally. people would be fine being loaned in Newcastle, but you're right. Signing permanently, I don't know if Callum Wilson at his age of 29 yeah, wants exactly. to go to another side that could get regular. regular and, unless they, the only way would be like if they were from like the north. Uh, so yeah, and they're both at like southern sides. Like I mean, honestly, I think they would rather play at. I mean, I. Honestly, think like I'm hearing like Southampton's linked to Weston McKenney. I think Southampton's about to splash in the dough right now. And I think like players like that can go to that club and do well. Uh, I just have a feeling that they're about to have a really good transfer window. But uh, yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see them even wanting if we, and we're, we're not going to pay, we're not going to pay the most amount for either of those players. Uh, so if the bed ever does get accepted, those players are going to wait out their options before signing with us. And they're going to get yeah. plenty of options and, you know, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but that's the situation that we're in. We're, and we've been in these situation, this situation for years. So, we're used yeah, to- but I think it's worth noting that in years past, like you, we'd say this about Newcastle last season, right? But at least you had the selling point of like, there's a lot of guys who'd like to play under Rafa Benitez. I don't know if there's anyone who's clamoring to play under Steve Bruce. Um, just in all honesty, so that that helped. That's a part of it too. Is that like at least in years past, you could convince a Fabian Sherry to leave a cushy spot in La Liga or at Basel or, or, or convince, you know, whoever to, to leave relatively safe environments to come play in the Premier League for a team that could be a relegated side because you also had one Rafa Benitez there. So I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, but we'll move on. So not not high on that one. Um, here's another one. Michy Batshuayi is available from Chelsea. So Michy is, is – just honestly, it's an unfortunate scenario. I mean, he was—he's been the, the the next striker for Chelsea for a while. Um, but Tammy Abraham came into the scene and has completely taken that spot. And then Chelsea went out and bought Timo Werner, and they're probably on their way to signing uh, Kai Havertz as well. So it looks like there's not really going to be a spot at Chelsea next season for Michy Batshuayi. He's got one year left on his deal. He's been offered to Leeds, but Newcastle are, are monitoring the situation per se looking at a loan or a loan-to-buy deal for Michy Batshuayi. Um, for that to happen, though, um, especially a loan deal, Chelsea would have to extend Michy Batshuayi, or Newcastle could buy Michy Batshuayi straight up for 15 and 25 mil. Um, thoughts on this? Yeah, this is like one of the players I was talking about with a similar-ish situation. So, uh, so with Michy, I would rather go to Leeds – then go to Newcastle when you know there's at least two or three other strikers you'll be competing with. Leeds, he's going to be the starter every match. Um, I mean, New- you don't think Michy Batshuayi would be the starter at Newcastle? I don't know. With a uh, 40 million pound striker there, like Mike Ashley might might say, like, no way. Because um, I mean, we started two strikers up top. I, I don't know. I feel like Michy Batshuayi walks right into this first team. Like, it's just like, I, I, I don't know. He's already 
proven. He's already scored goals in the Premier League. Yeah. He has more Premier League goals than, than Joel Linton, which obviously he's played longer. But to be fair, I mean, I almost have been goals on Joel Linton. Yeah, exactly. But he's also been on loan. He's he's produced everywhere he's gone. So it's like it's really hard for anyone who Newcastle signed in this window to like not at least start because at a minimum you. No, could, I, I agree, but yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. But like at Leeds, it's a no doubter. Yeah, I, I mean that's fair. Like he he'll probably start at Newcastle, but at Leeds he will, like hundred percent. Yeah. I'll also add this about the Leeds thing. And the thing is like you gotta convince Leeds to buy Michi Batchway. And that's the other thing yeah. is that there's no movement on the Leeds side. And with Newcastle, um, again, it's it's the whole loan to buy thing. So um I mean Chelsea won him off the books. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Michi wants to do a loan to buy. It who knows? I mean, Newcastle Loan to buys have been an interesting uh, yeah. thing the past couple seasons. Uh, we don't even need to get into Valentino Lozaro. I mean, congrats to him for signing for um, Borussia Mönchengladbach loan to buy there. But um, there's some that work, some that don't, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't know. I would like this to happen. I would, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'd say this is like a dump truck load of, of BS. Um, just because I don't think Chelsea are looking for a loan to buy to Michi Batchway. They want to sell them outright, and if it's selling outright. And the price is low enough for Newcastle. That means it's low enough for Leeds. And uh, if Leeds are interested in him, he's going to sign. He's going to sign there. Um, yeah. And I feel much better at Biesla be able to keep Leeds up than I do Steve Bruce be able to keep Newcastle up. Um, so, yeah. Next one is Connor Gallagher, another Chelsea product. Um, solid season on loan this past season. Um, really good midfielder, 20 years old. Um, kind of plays that holding midfield spot, slotting alongside Shelby or Hayden. Et cetera, et cetera. Looking at a loan deal for him, it's actually, I feel like, is one of the more likely moves on here. This comes from our, our good friend uh, Moose Ian Abrahams. Uh, but yeah, Connor Gallagher. I don't know thoughts on him. Twenty year old midfielder would be a straight up loan deal. Um, we've done a lot of loan deals with uh, Chelsea, so that make, makes sense. Yeah, I'm 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 in on that. I'm 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 100 in on this. This is a player I would definitely go after if I was. If I was a, a Newcastle person, <laughs> yeah. Um, like yeah, like he's a he's also a ton of energy, um, and like yeah, he's just the type of player that you you want in our like a guy who needs like he's at a top club with a ton of potential. He's young. Uh, we we still have a young midfield. Like Shelby's not old and Hayden's not old, but he would have to compete against those guys who are good players and yeah. he, and with his energy I think he would be really good on the side he's better than Matty Longstaff I'm about um, to say he's like I was literally going to say he's an upgraded Matty Longstaff you think a high yeah. energy player I think he's just a little bit more complete um, yeah than so Matty this, is, this is a player I, I joined him with Chris Wood and saying like yeah go get him go get that go get a loan deal um and he could become like a northern hero and you know yeah like, he, he could just like be that guy if he wants and that I mean if he does well here if you make it up here he's gonna be able to do whatever he wants yeah um, so I'm with yeah, you I, I like this one a lot yeah um and I mean could see a potential depending on what ownership looks like and for next season could see him also parlaying this into a permanent move with a, a larger transfer fee if he if he does well here mm-hmm. um just because again there's not really a spot for him at Chelsea at the moment um they've They've, they've done pretty well building a, a very solid team there, and they're continuing to sign players. Um, so it's kind of one of those, if you're not a young player that's in now, you're probably not in for the, at least the next couple seasons, um, and you're going to be kind of Michy Bashuai or Kennedy 
who uh, I guess we could bring in Kennedy on loan again this season if we wanted to. Next one, Rian Brewster, uh, or Rian Brewster, Ryan Brewster, Rian Brewster. I don't know how to say his name. Liverpool uh, forward, um, again, turns a lot of heads. Uh, solid uh, appearances for Liverpool this past season. Um, definitely a guy who they want to send out on loan. They've got a lot of players at the forward position, obviously. But he, he's produced when he's been able to play. Um, I've seen him. He's available for sale, I've heard. But I doubt that he's actually going to get sold. I think Newcastle will be looking to bring him in on loan. Another kind of young loan signing. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Greg? Well, let's go. Yeah. But I, I have the same fear. I mean, the same fear you have with Batshuayi, I think it's even more valid for Ian Brewster. Because Batshuayi is at least established enough that well, even if he doesn't get into the first game immediately in Newcastle, next season he's still going to have bidders. But I well, think Ian Brewster, it's, it's, it's a, important that he plays for his development purposes. Like, Missy Batshuayi is 25. Like, he's he's – probably entering his prime or he's as good as he's probably going to get. Yeah. Uh, and, and this would, this is a loan. This would be a loan. Oh yeah. Um, so one, one of the things that, so this would be a situation with how young they are. If one, you need to make assurances to Liverpool that, that he's going to play. But um, it, yeah, this could be a situation where you start Brewster up top and put Jolinton on the left, or you can do two up top with Jolinton on the left and, paired with Dwight Gale, or even he'll, he's played as a second striker before. So there's, he has, I mean, he's a forward all the way, a uh, striker all yeah. the way. He's not, you're not putting Brewster on the wing. So you, you definitely have to, uh, you'd have to play him up top every time, which is fine. Um, and he's done well doing that. So yeah, I, I you got to go get this guy if he, if he wants to come. Uh, it's a loan. It's an expected, inexpensive, obviously. Uh, do it. 100%. Yeah, and, and we did hear that Newcastle are going to be doing a lot of loans this season. Um, I guess, and I don't know, do you want to take a break or do you want to just keep doing it? Because we got a few more, but we've also kind of gone in depth with each guy, so I don't know how the people are feeling. Um, how many more do we have? We have like two more. We have three more? Oh, three more and oh, then just quick odds and ends on some outgoings. That well, the next happen. two were quick. The, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So let's just do okay. that. Let's just finish it out. All right, so we'll do Jeff Hendrick. Uh, that that could be done this week at some point. We actually yeah, there, there is Greg no were, BS in that rumor. Yeah, yeah, but I just we have to mention it because this is a, our first episode back. Um, but Greg and I were actually talking about this last night. We we were like, should we record an emergency pod for Jeff Hendrick? Because like he's probably going to be a Newcastle player. Um, it looks like his medical is is happening. It's it's on the way. Blah blah. blah. But basically, he's trying to join uh, preseason training. Uh, within the week. So, um, again, I think this is a solid signing. Um, I mean, it's a free. Uh, I that, And that's the angle I'm looking at it is uh, look at it from the angle of um, when we signed Sung Young Key for free. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that if we went out and paid 10 million pounds for Jeff Hendrick, I would be criticizing the signing. But, again, it's a free, and he's probably not making as much as Yoshinori Muto. So I cannot be mad at this at all. Yeah. Next um, one. Yeah, Nabil Bentaleb, uh Newcastle are looking at a, a cut-rate deal. So, initially, his loan-to-buy option was about 10 million euros, so like 8 million pounds. Obviously, he was not uh, performing to that level. Um, so, Newcastle are looking to do something in the range of 3 to 4 million euros, which I guess is like 1.5 to 2.5 million pounds, something along, that, along those lines. Would be a very cheap signing uh, for a, a clear depth there at Newcastle. Any legs to this, Greg, do you think? Uh, yeah, no BS on this. 
Um, yeah, I, I'd imagine this this makes sense. I mean, see, Bruce yeah. would be very fond of Nabil Bentaleb, even if he doesn't use him in the best way. And um, if Nabil Bentaleb is going to be a depth signing to the, the a la um, Key or, or Saive, and you play him every so often, he's an option off the bench as a purely defensive midfielder. I, I don't I don't hate this at all. Um, I think a lot of people hate Bentaleb. I'm kind of just like in the boat of, I mean, I liked him before, and I think that there's a level that he could return to. So I think it's always worth a shot. But at worst, he's a solid depth Premier League signing. Like, that is kind of Ben Slev's role. I don't know if anyone would disagree with that. Um, and then we'll close out with one with two more. One I forgot to put on there. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Rob Dickey uh, is £2 million uh, move. He's the captain of Oxford, who, of course, Newcastle played in the FA Cup. He's a center back. He's 24 years old. This actually fits into the Steve Bruce rebuild of English talent model um, because this is a one young English prospect that's get got a lot of noise. Um, one of the best players in league one this past season. Um, and two, he is, he's cheap. Uh, so it actually kind of fits into his rebuild model. Two million pounds for this defender. Greg thoughts. Uh, I mean, sure. Why not? We wouldn't see him for a few years anyway. Really? Yeah. He's not good enough. Interesting. I, I would, I would, I would, I, I would disagree with you because I think if you sign him, because he's 24, so it's not like he's going to the U23. So you're going to see him at some point. But also, if you sign him, you're probably well, hold on, hold on. Uh, Henri Saive, Jack Colback, and Akraf Lazar, all over the age of 23, played for the U23s. But they also all made appearances for Newcastle. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, yeah, disagreeing with the point that he would not, you wouldn't see him for a few years. I, I, said, I just don't agree with that point. It wouldn't be – you wouldn't see him for a few years because he's not good enough. So if you see okay. him, he'll probably still not be good enough. That, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. Um, like, I, I, people have been throwing out, let's not knock this signing if it happens. And, again, I'm kind of in that boat because it is £2 million and you are taking a gamble and it's whatever. Like, there's promise there. There's potential there. I'm sure with proper coaching he can turn into a, a formidable player at some point um, because people are like, oh, well, Deli Ali was signed from League One at £1 million. Again, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I'm sure if everyone could find a League One player for less than two million pounds, it could immediately make an impact in the Premier League. They would, um, but that's not how it works. Um, but yeah, uh, I do think that us going after defenders and Chris Mullins, another one that I just don't—I didn't even fair to mention because he doesn't want to leave Roma. Um, but there's been a lot of center back links, which has been interesting because that's a position of strength for Newcastle, and part of those center back links have been seeing uh, you know, guys like Fabian Scher also leaving the club. Um, so a lot of values still somewhat high. Or I could see a Kieran Clark leaving the club as well. Um, so just stuff to think about. And then Ibrahim Sangari is the last one we'll cover. Um, played for uh, Toulouse, I think. Toulouse? Toulouse. Toulouse. I can't yeah. pronounce that. Um, one of the best young midfielders in the league. Uh, um, honestly... Uh, kind of in an interesting situation for him because Toulouse was slated to get relegated, but Ligue 1 canceled their season. Um, so they're technically still in Ligue 1, um, but he is 22 years old uh, and looking to probably make a move uh, for Everton and Newcastle are linked to him, as well as, I want to say, Stade Rene. Um, but yeah, would be a would take up probably about half of our transfer budget, but would probably immediately challenged for a starting spot. He's kind of an Isaac Hayden type player, um, maintains possession, very solid defensively. All the advanced analytics point to him being like a very good defender, but also being able to, you know, produce things in attack. So 
Uh, yeah, Sangare, thoughts. And we've been, by the way, we've been linked to this guy for a few months now. He, we've been tracking since May, I want to say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought if he's really valued at like 10 to 15 million, you got to got to try to see if it's worth it. He's like touted as a pretty, pretty great player. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, it could, it could work out great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It, uh, yeah. It's, it's tough to see what, like what he would, I don't know. He just hasn't. Yeah. I, I haven't watched many to lose matches to see like it's not like he's not scoring goal he's a defensive midfielder yeah. he's not, it, it, you, so you it's have tough to, to see like what watch, his though. impact actually exactly. is yeah yeah and i mean and i mean i don't want to throw any advanced stats out i mean and if we if we get to a point where he's like seriously like the newcastle i found some solid just like scouting reports and stuff on him because again i know him because he's won a young prospect in fifa so i've looked up a little bit on him um but again like you said it's really hard to see an impact especially and you we've mentioned this with our own low knees where it's like if you're at a team at the bottom of the league, even at your position as a defender or as a midfielder, it's really hard to see your impact because the whole team sucks. So it's not like you're producing a ton of goals, um, and it's and you can't even be like, well, I mean, this person's a good defender because the team is giving up fewer goals or whatever. Like, if the team sucks and you're a good player, it, it I mean, the team sucks. There's really nothing else you can do about it. And uh, to end this, to close this out, two quick hitters just for you, Greg. Um, Matty Longstaff. Talks have reopened. Uh, the, the the teams he were linked to uh, all had Watford ties. Watford is now relegated. People are thinking that since the new owners aren't there to give Matty Longstaff a 50K a week contract like he wants, that it could be possible that Newcastle resigns him. Your instant thoughts right now, do you think new, Matty Longstaff is a Newcastle player next season, yes or no? Yes. Okay. All right, cool. We'll move on. And then DeAndre Yedlin, is he going to the Bundesliga or is he going to MLS? Because he's definitely getting sold. Uh, Bundesliga because MLS isn't going to pay for him. That's true. All right. Well, uh, that that completes a very lengthy BS meter. Probably the longest one we'll do all season, to be honest. Yeah. Because everything else uh, is going to be evolution from this. <laughs> yeah. So let's take a break and uh, we'll do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip, and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Awesome. So let's get into our next segment, which is a new one. And we'll probably definitely continue this. And then we'll just close out with some odds and ends. Uh, But Elijah, tell us about the hot take of the night. So a running joke that we've had um, in the CHN radio. Not of the night. Yeah, of the week. Yeah, Yeah, it's not. Sorry. Um, Well, I guess – Hot take, yeah, of the week. Um, running joke we've had um, on, honestly, on this podcast as well. We've mentioned it, um, but specifically in our our CHN Radio kind of Slack channel in our community, is that for some reason Newcastle fans are experts at you know providing themselves with hot takes that are just not at all hot takes. Like they'll say, like you know, I'll get slagged for this, but I think Miguel Armstrong is a, a solid player at our club who works hard. It's like, dude, that's just not a hot take, or. You know, people may may come at me weird from this, but I don't know if Joel Linton is going to be our striker uh, going forward. Or something. Like, something that's just like, all right, dude, like that's not a hot take at all. So each week we're gonna because they happen so often. Like I, I think I cannot I cannot explain how often this happens. Um, but each week we're gonna we're gonna look at our, our favorite ones of the week, and honestly, at the end of the season, we're gonna I'm I'm keeping track of all these in a in a little Google 
uh, notes doc. So we can actually kind of go back, Greg, this is going to be fun. And at the end of the season, when we do our season review for next season, we can actually go back to see like what was mm. the hottest take of the season and uh, reward that fan um, some way. And so this one comes from Josh, who says at, who, who's at Not So Local Hero. Um, a couple a, a couple days ago was the anniversary of Alan Shearer uh, signing for Newcastle. Um, obviously, we've talked about that a bunch. Warren's talked about it a bunch. Um, and uh, this guy says his hot take was, some people think of Big Al as a standard center forward, but this man could store from 35 yards out, run the channel, and put in a world-class cross, hold it up, or get behind the center back. Complete striker at hashtag NUFC. So um, thank you, Josh, for the hot take that Alan Shearer, who leads the Premier League in goals scored ever, is a quote-unquote complete striker. Um, so there's your first hot take of the week. Um, we'll, keep, we'll continue to bring some more similar tweets like that. Um, I guess as a bonus one, because we took two weeks off, this one goes out to our buddy Alex Hurst, who is a good, a good friend of ours, and we have to roast him for this because he tweeted this. He said, one good sliding for NUFC would be Jetro Williams, a real spark in a mostly dour season. Bring him home. Again, not a hot take at all. I think Newcastle fans have tweeted the whole season at Jetro Williams to, uh, to sign for Newcastle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, that first segment of the night. Hope you got a laugh. Uh, let's, let's move into odds and ends. All righty. Uh, odds and ends. We have – some these are no order of importance, by the way. I just wrote these down as like they came to my mind. But um, we have some news about the EFL trophy. Are U twenty ones competing that? Uh, so the group stage w- is set for that. Uh, it was made on this past. Oh wait, today. Yeah, today. Yeah, today. Today when yeah. we're recording this. You mentioned it today. Um, Chris Hogg is the the manager now, but uh, we will, and each one of these matches will be away. Uh, that's how it works. So we're playing first teams from League One clubs, if you don't remember the EFL trophy. Uh, but we're playing against Crew Alexandra, Shrewsbury Town, and League Two side Bolton Wanderers. Um, so we'll, we'll keep you updated with that. I think the, the first matches start to se- uh, September 8th or 9th, uh, one of those two days. So obviously when that, when that happens, check out. You know, I'm going to be keeping up on the youth team for sure. So... Uh, you'll okay. be getting those updates from me. Okay. Do you have any comments there? Uh, no, um, but I'm going to add something to odds and ends. So just like you know, it'll okay. be Elijah's odds and end. But uh, the other is Freddie Woodman. Uh, Freddie has signed a deal with Newcastle for three years, uh, and then we immediately loaded him back out to Swans. Uh, so that way Swans can't poach him in, in six months. Um he spent all of last season at Swans, and uh, yeah, pretty, he's pretty yeah. excited about it. Uh, so funny stat, though. Uh, Freddie Woodman has made 82 consecu- uh, senior competitive appearances in his career. How many of those were with Newcastle United? 82 appearances. Senior, senior appearances, 82 straight. Um Probably only like less than ten. You are correct. Yeah, I'd say like six or seven because he's had like forty alone with Swansea. Uh, it was it's four, and they've all been in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, so the other seventy-eight of his senior appearances were while alone at Crawley Town, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, and Swansea. Yeah. Uh, another fun stat about Freddie Woodman: 
Um, he might be he might have a little shade of Tim Krul in him because he faced five penalties this season and saved three of them. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to him. And honestly, maybe, maybe learn from old Timmy. Yeah. Honestly, I think it is worth noting that Swansea could be a Premier League side if Freddie Woodman hadn't gotten injured right before the playoff. Yeah. Just not a hot take at all. Um, just literally, if you look at like their record with him in goal, they were quite good. Um, so, I mean, this is, I think honestly that um, plus the extension, I think it bodes well for Freddie Woodman's future here. It's a clear, I think, and Mark Douglas said this, but uh, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's a clear um, statement that like he is our keeper of the future. I think that there is no buying another keeper um, after Martin Dubravka. And Dubravka, of course, is, what, 32 or 33. So he's kind of on his way out. He's exiting his prime. Freddie Woodman, hopefully uh, next season, can at least step in and challenge for that spot. It doesn't look like Carl Darlow is going to really, like, be threatening Freddie Woodman for that spot. But I think another season of the championship, seeing, you know, some good forwards and, and playing a lot of games is just going to obviously just make him a better player. So I'm excited for this move. I wouldn't say that Brock is exiting his prime at 32 as a goalie. Some goalies can play well past 35 for a couple of years and be really good. I'm just trying to give Freddie the benefit of the doubt oh. and say that in the next <laughs> two seasons, he'll at least be able to challenge for the starting position. But, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd hope so. If it's Steve Bruce is here, then definitely. Because Steve Bruce believes in rebuilding around young English talent. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, even even if they're not English, like Hendrick. Uh, okay, so let's talk about – oh, real quick, Jacob Murphy. So he has just a list, list of few. Sheffield Wednesday, Derby County, Stoke City, Nottingham Forest, Middlesbrough, and Norwich are all interested. Oh, and, and Rangers are all interested in loaning Jacob Murphy. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens with that. He has. He's also has a year left in his contract, so we'll be um, interested to see if Newcastle decides to do the same thing where they sign him to a three-year deal and loan him out again. We'll see. I'd um, imagine they do because I think he, he, he picked up steam at the end of the season. He had a rough start to the season, but if I remember correctly, he started scoring a couple goals um, before everything kind of paused. Yeah. We mentioned him a couple times in the pod, so hopefully that continues and you know maybe we see him again. Yeah. Uh, some just friendly updates real quick. Uh, it looks like August 29th we'll be playing – oh, I wrote Burnley, but it's definitely Barnsley. Um, and then, I was going to say, how are we playing another prim side? <laughs> uh, and then we're playing Stoke City on September 5th. And uh, it looks like uh, there was rumors about us playing Freiburg, but I don't know if that's going to happen, like an international – match so yeah it hasn't been confirmed at all uh that's that update what else do i have oh and, and two more loans jake turner who's a goalie and tom allen who we should all know attacking midfielder are have both been loaned to morcom for the year uh no morcom has done well with former players like you know dan barlasar sean longstaff um yeah there's been yeah. a bunch yeah so i'm excited i mean i'm excited, excited for, for the shrimps this year yeah, I'm I'm a big Morecambe guy. I'm, I'm I'm like I mean also didn't even realize that uh, Newcastle. So all both of my favorite clubs have a a a strong link to Aberdeen because I totally forgot Newcastle does some business with Aberdeen as well, sending some guys out on loan. And Atlanta United has a partnership with them. It's actually quite bizarre that Atlanta United, an MLS club, loans players to the Scottish Premiership. But 
it happens. Um, I know that's it for you, but I do have one more. Speaking of Atlanta United, do want to uh, do want to give a special shout out to former Newcastle player Stephen Glass, who is currently the head coach of Atlanta United, uh, at least for the time being. Um, they fired Frank DeBoer or Frank DeFraud, as many know him as. And uh, Stephen Glass has taken over. And it honestly it looks like he's probably going to finish the season as the head coach. So, I mean, good luck to him. Best luck to him. Um, already players are saying wonderful things about him as a coach um, and just his ability to bring intensity to uh, practices and just his communication levels just on a different level than they saw in the past. So, shout out to Stephen Glass. Great guy. Um, I'm sure he's going to do – well, I mean, it's really not that hard to compete for a trophy in MLS because, especially this season. So, I mean, he can make the playoffs. Good for him. That's all I got. All right. Um, we'll get. We'll keep doing just schedule moving forward. We'll keep doing our weekly show once games happen. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to pan out. We'll, we'll keep you updated. And obviously, if anything happens, if any changes are made, uh, we will be getting, like any urgent things, any signings, you'll be getting an emergency pod from us. But until then, that will conclude episode 145 of mm. Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best name close in the land. Elijah Newsom. And away the last. Love Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Hitty Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll
Rear the dog is in James's pocket.